like that. You want Hello, everybody. Try Welcome that. to Just this like Friday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. I hope you all are having a fantastic day because I sure as hell am not having a fantastic day here on, well, I guess for me, Thursday. For you, Friday. I hope you had a great Thursday. I did not have a great Thursday, but I'll we'll go over all that in a little bit. But before we get into that, guys, we'll go over some of the housekeeping items first. Make sure you follow the Logan Blackman Show in every single form of social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and, of course, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can find me on Twitter at Logan underscore Blackman. Instagram account is Blackman Logan. And with the show's Instagram account being the Logan Blackman Show 1, Facebook and YouTube, search Logan Blackman Show. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. And like and follow the Facebook page. And then, of course, the most important thing is subscribing and or following the Apple Podcast and or Spotify accounts. Search Logan Blackman Show on both of them. Make sure you like and follow and do whatever you want to do on there. Make sure to leave a rating out of five stars on there as well. It could be a one-star rating or a five-star rating. Just as long as you leave a description down below, I'll get over it if you leave a bad rating or a bad review. Because then I'll know, hey, at least they took the time. At least they took the time out their day to... Acknowledge that my show was complete and utter crap. Okay, so if that if that makes you feel any better about yourself, you should go and do that. Now, Logan's sitting here today on this Friday edition of Logan Blackman Show. It is 6.33 right now on Thursday, June 8th. This episode will be coming in on June 9th, which is 6-9, LOL. We got a jokes for you on this Friday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. But today, Thursday... It has been a whirlwind of emotions, let me tell you that. So, first off, I woke up a little bit later than what I was expecting to. So, on Mondays, Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, I like to wake up a little bit early and go to the gym, get a nice little lift in, because again, reminder, as I say this all the time, I'm better than all of you, because I work out four times a week, I know. Now, I did take a little break from that, proceed to get a little fat once again, because of the fact that my parents were out of town, and going over to my parents' house, you just, you're driving on the way there to watch the dogs. Oh, uh, guess what? There's fast food on the way. You're just going to stop and do that, and then head back, and you're just eating fast food a lot. And it's not, it was a bad cycle to get it. But we're back. We're back in the gym. We're back being better than everybody else out there. But I woke up a little bit later than usual. And I get up, and I'm like, okay, we're, we're, we're going to go. We're still going to go. It's Thursday. I had convinced myself that on the start of June, I was going to do my entire thing. And then we started like, okay, fine. I motivate myself. Okay, we'll get up and go do it again. We'll go to go to the gym. So I get in the car. Well, I, I put on clothes. Okay, I change clothes. And then I get in the car, do all that stuff. I didn't go in the car in my PJs or anything with just a pair of shorts. But, you know, that's whatever. That's another story for another time. So I get up into my car. I'm like, okay, got to find the right jams to play on the way to the gym. Because, you, you know, you got to pump yourself up on the way to the gym. Now, I didn't go through my entire phone. I kind of just hit shuffle on the light songs playlist on Spotify, which is where I'm subscribed to the Logan Blackman show, which you can be too as well. I went through there, clicked a song. was like, okay, we're getting in the freaking zone. And I can just tell someone's going to be wrong. I, I can just tell. I can just tell. Like, I was sitting there in my car like, man, I, there's something keeping me here. There's something keeping me in my apartment. There's something keeping me here in this drive, this parking spot, not going to the gym today. And then I go out into Beaverbrook Drive, and I turn, I'm turn. i trying to turn right on the 141. And right as I get up to the light on 141 in Beaverbrook, I'm sitting there, and the light turns red. There's a green arrow that flashes that allows the cars from the right side of Beaverbrook to turn and then go straight. So they're stopping the cars that are going right, and I am turning right, so I would like those cars to stop. But I get up there right as the light turned red. And for about a mile, there's cars backed all the way up. And again, 
I sit there in my car looking at the cars that are all the way backed up about a mile all the way to the Sailorville exit, and I go, man, Logan, you should stay your ass home. I sat there. I was like, man, this is not good. Because usually I like to beat that, because once you get past that huge-ass line of cars, it's pretty much smooth sailing from there on out. But once you get stuck behind the giant-ass line of cars, you're kind of stuck. And uh, by a lot. It's going to take you a longer, a way longer time to get to where you want to be if you're stuck on that, uh, on that highway on 141 during whatever time, rush hour, whatever time you want to say that is. But we're sitting there, and we're like, okay, fine, we'll wait for an opening. We got an opening, we turn right, okay? Now we're on the highway. No one's moving. No one's no one's really moving. Get stuck behind this blue car, and I'm just sitting there like, man, something's not right. Something's not right. I should have stayed my happy ass home. I should have stayed home. I shouldn't have done this today. I could have just gone on Friday and Saturday. I could have just done that so I could just do my four workouts in the week and just be done and go into the week and be perfectly fine. And I'm sitting there behind this blue car, mouthing to myself. And I, like, I get this trait from my mom. I'm not a very... I, I gotta figure out how I want to word this. I'm a patient driver, but I'm impatient with my <laughs> with my thoughts. I guess I should say, like, come on, move, <laughs> drive, like that kind of stuff. I'm not like swerving in and out of traffic and all that stuff. I'm not doing that. I'm not that crazy, but like I I talk to the driver in front of me through the means of my car. So they can't hear it. If they're looking in the mirror, they can probably read my lips or something if they're that if they're capable of doing that. They know what I was saying. And we're driving. No one's really moving. I'm getting kind of frustrated. I'm like, okay, this is not going the way I wanted to go. And then we're getting on the highway. I turn right to get in the lane to go onto the highway. Like, cool. We are in the latter stage. We get on the highway and traffic's backed up on the high the interstate, I should say, not the highway, on the interstate as well. Like Fantastic! This day is getting better and better. I'm already late to the gym. Why not just add on to the lateness factor and let's just sit here on the freaking interstate. I've got two more exits to go. And I'm like, I'm, I could just get off and I'll be fine. I'll be good to go. I'll be a little more frustrated, but once I get in, we'll work everything out. I'll be not frustrated anymore. I'll be good to go. And then I'm on the, the, the off-ramp, or the on-ramp, I guess you should say, and all of a sudden, this Dodge Charger comes up from the left side because you know how those super cool people are that cannot wait in line. They got to go broom, zoom past everybody and then try to squeeze into a spot. They didn't like jolt over or anything, but they were coming over. I was like, ah, oh, you absolute dickhead. You yeah, grit your teeth like, oh, yeah, you can get over. Like one of those things. Like, yeah, you can get over. So they got over and we're doing fine at this point. And then traffic stops. As per usual, because that's just how things were going this morning. Traffic stops, and I stop. And I look in the rearview mirror, because when traffic stops, I get a little on edge, because you look at the people behind you, and I feel like and when I'm driving, and I'm sure this out, if, if it's not everybody, it's most people out there, when you're driving, you are the best driver on the road. Like, 99% of the time, you are the best driver on the road. Everybody else is a complete imbecile compared to your intellectual skills at driving. I've been driving for 10 years now. I am superior, vastly superior to everybody. So I look back at my rear view mirror, and I see this, I, I don't know what, I think it was a Toyota, like a hatchback thing. I don't know what, what kind of car it was. And I see it getting closer. I'm like, huh, this, uh, this Toyota is not really stopping. And it's not really stopping at all. It's not really stopping at all. I get hit. What a terrific start. To, I knew something was keeping me at my apartment. I could feel the aura of the shit-ass morning that was, a, that was before me. I felt it, and I ignored it. I ignored it. 
and this is one of those situations. So my dad got rear-ended when we were in Buffalo. Snowstorm. And the chick that was behind us tried to veer out of the way. So it only hit the left. It hit his outside bumper and destroyed her front left front bumper. He, or, yeah, left front bumper hit his back right bumper, dented it up a little bit. Similar situation, except it was the opposite side. And the opposite reaction. Because my dad's truck wasn't really that damaged. The car behind us was pretty damaged. This car was perfectly fine. For the most part. Like, this thing was built to freaking last, apparently. And I get out, and I'm like... I throw... I, <laughs> I get... I look... I pull over. I just fling my glasses... My sunglasses to the freaking window. I'm like, this is stupid. I knew this was gonna happen. I knew something stupid was gonna happen today. And I'm sitting there, <laughs> looking back... And I'm like, please just don't be anything. Please don't be anything stupid. Please don't be anything stupid. And I get out, oh my god, it's something stupid. I've got a freaking water lope, water, water lope. I was going to say cantaloupe slash watermelon. Whatever size you want to call it. That size of dent in my back left bumper. It looks like if <laughs> if you had, like if General Zod and Superman were fighting each other and General Zod threw Superman's head in the back of someone's car, that's what it looked like. Giant ass dent in the backside of my car. Goodness gracious. I knew something was wrong. I knew it wasn't gonna be a good morning. I knew I did something. I knew the 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 chakras were not aligned. The plants were not aligned. The chakras were all out of whack. Like the vibes didn't weren't immaculate. Like some everything was off. And I ignored it. So this is a reminder to all of you out there. If you feel the vibes are off or the vibes don't check out or the vibes don't vibe out or whatever. On God, you better stay. <laughs> you better stay your happy ass back home. Now, this was nice though. In retrospect, this is nice because I've been hit two other times in the parking lots of different places, different businesses, different places of business, and they have not left a note either time. So at least the third time, I got to get. I'm getting it fixed because I got insurance and all that kind of stuff. Like, the other times, I didn't care about. They weren't massive dents or anything. Like they're not even dents. They're more scratches of anything. One of them's, a, like, a tiny dent. But they're not really anything that terrible, unlike this one, which has completely messed up even the the trunk of my car, dented up a part of the trunk of the car, which is not really ideal. And, like, everything's fine. It's not totaled or anything. The the lights are all working. Like, everything's pretty it's drivable. I just drove it for a freaking hour today, right before this. So that leads us to a uh, bad thing number two today. So I go through a whole day of work. And I told myself yesterday, so on Wednesday, I was like, man, I could really go. Like, I want to treat myself. I want to treat myself today. And I there's this Peruvian place. I think I'm pretty sure it's Peruvian. Down on Ingersoll Avenue in Des Moines, close to downtown Des Moines. It's called Panca. Panca it is a very good Peruvian. I, okay, I got to look this up because I, I, I've. I'm 90% sure it's Peruvian. Okay, it's Peruvian, yes. Because there's another place called... Wow, what is it called? It's off 22nd. Why am I completely forgetting about this place? What is it freaking called? My mom and I was talking... Uh, my mom and dad and I like to go there every once in a while. It's an Ecuadorian place. I'm completely blanking on that one. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to treat myself to some panca. It's a nice place. It's kind of expensive, but it's a nice place. I get this Loma Sotado, and it's really good. It's like steak, these... Fried thing. I don't know if they classify them technically as French fries or anything. And they got a thing of rice. And then I get these other like potato dumpling type things. Like it's excellent. It's so good. But again, it's expensive. So on Friday, on Wednesday night, I'm like, 
ah, I'll do it after I work. Cause it's nice, nice protein in there. So I was like, you know what? I'll do it after my workout. I'll get it for lunch. And I'm sitting there after I get rear-ended today, and I'm sitting there like, man, I could get this for lunch. I look online, and it doesn't open till 5. It's open at 11 on Fridays and Saturdays, conveniently, since today's Thursday. And I'm like, oh. I told myself yesterday I wanted it, and now I can't get it out of my head. I don't want to wait till tomorrow. So guess what? I'm getting it right now. So I order it. I stay in the office longer because I'm going to order it, and my friend Aaron texts me. said, hey, uh, 141 is insanely backed up right now. I was like, ah, fantastic. Right after I just placed the freaking order. And the, the convenient thing about that was it gave me a thing and it just opened again. It, it started, it opened at five. I placed the order at like five Oh five. I was expecting like a 15, 20, 25 minute wait or something like that. I get the notification back, pick up ready in 10 minutes. There is not a chance in hell with no cars on the road that I would be able to make it to Panka in time to pick it up in that 10 minute frame. There's no way in hell I was doing that from Grimes. There's 0% chance that's ever happening. Let alone when Aaron texts you and say, hey, 141 is backed up to hell and back. Have fun. So I go, okay, Aaron, I trust you. I trust you. He's one of my boys. Known him pretty much my entire life. So I was like, you know what? I trust you. But guess what I did? Once again, ignored all the signs and said, you know what? I'm going to go on 141. So I turn left to go on 141 because the highway's right there. I go back to the same exact on-ramp that I got hit earlier in the day. Like, everything's fine. There was no other cars at the stoplight with me. And you can't see the interstate really from where I was because there's this stupid like um, overpass thing that blocks a lot of things. You're not really paying attention. I was like, oh, 141's fine. I'm not going to be on 141 that long. So I was like, I'll be fine. That was my main thinking. Like, I'm not going to be on there that long. I'm just going to get turned left on the 141, and I'm going to get on the interstate. I get on the interstate, and it's a similar situation to what we had in the morning, except multiplied by 1,000 because of the fact it's 5 and not 7. Like, it was freaking terrible. It was terrible. 5.15, and then I keep going, and all these people are trying to, you know, the super cool people we were just talking about a little bit ago, they're getting all the way in the far lane and zooming past everybody. He's like, good lord, I want to get off on the next exit, but I can't because I feel like I'm going to hit it again. I'm, I, I am like a thousand times more paranoid now. I just got rear-ended, what, eight, hour, eight nine, ten hours ago. I'm a little paranoid. I'm a little paranoid right now. So I'm, I'm on like hyper-awareness right now. Not that I'm not always hyper-aware when I'm driving because that's the safe thing to do. But I was like, I don't know what you want to call it. I was like... Freaking Batman in the Dark Knight where I'm looking through all the walls looking at how many guards there are when they got the doctors hostage when really the doctors are the bad guys and the hostages are the, yeah, no, no, the bad guys are the doctors. Like, it's, it's it was like that when I'm looking through the walls and stuff. I was like that, essentially. <clears throat> so I tried to get off and it just stuck backed up forever. And I already knew I wasn't going to get, get there in 10 minutes. I'm not even to the next exit and it's already been 15 minutes let alone the 10 minutes it would take for me to actually pick up the food in the exact amount of time. So I go, get off of the next exit, or not, the, sec the exit I would have got off on if I was going to go work out in the morning, which again, I did not, because I went back to, I basically just tailed between my legs and went back to my apartment and got a donut and a freaking Red Bull at Quick Trip and then went back. I was like, I'm going to treat myself because I got rear-ended, so I'm going to go do that. So I didn't even work out today, but I was like, I'm getting punk anyway. So I already ordered it. There's no say I filled out my card information online. 
spend a crap ton more than I wanted to, but I already bought it. So it wasn't anything I could opt out of. So I was screwed. I was like, I gotta go get it. I just paid, a, I'm not gonna say the amount, because I know my my dad's gonna be listening at least. At least I think he'll be listening. I don't want to say the amount, because it's, kind of, it's kind of ludicrous <laughs> for this place. But it was good. It's a good place, so I recommend it. Good date place. Good date place. And I get off in the exit, and this stupid-ass truck, giant truck, giant Dodge pick-em-up truck, is in front of me. And I'm, like, following it because I'm trying to avoid the interstate, but trying to get there to, as fast as possible. And I'm behind this stupid truck all the way to frick back onto the interstate, which, again, was, like, ten minutes away from where I was now. Like, I was, behind, I was like, man, I'm getting extremely frustrated. I don't want to see this stupid truck anymore. I'm tired of seeing this truck. <laughs> because this truck was originally behind me on the interstate, and we both got off at the same time, but he went first. Like, I was like, okay, I'm looking in my rearview mirror. I'm trying to make sure no cars are coming to avoid the, the, the action of getting rear-ended again. And this truck pulls out from behind me and... Like, this giant truck, lifted truck. Annoying. Gets off the interstate, and then I'm following it again. And then I finally am able to get to Ponca. It is about 5.40 at this point. So it's already been 40 minutes post-ordering. Maybe 35 minutes post-ordering. I get there, I buy it. Or I buy it, I pick it up. I'm like, okay, we're good to go. Now I got to get back in my car and try to find my way back home without getting in another accident. Which, again, downtown Des Moines all the way to the far side of Grimes, basically in Woodward, is not necessarily the fastest route. There's no fast routes that way. And I'm sure as hell not going to go the same way I came. But I was like, maybe, just maybe, that there will be no cars in it. Well, not no cars, but there will be less cars. There will be less cars. So I get back on the interstate. I go down uh, MLK, get back on the interstate, go left, and I'm like, okay, there's like nobody on right now. And then I get to the frick near the Mixmaster, and then there's all the freaking idiots that I brought up before. It's like the same stupid faces I try to avoid are back in front of me again, and I'm just sick and tired of it. So you know I'm getting off at 2nd Avenue, or 2nd Avenue. I'm getting on exit, exit 2, 22nd Ave, to the 22nd Street. I'm just forgetting everything now. I get off there. And it just like clockwork, all the cars decide that they are also going to get off on the 22nd Street exit. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? And then to add more insult to injury, they're all coincidentally turning right. Why couldn't they turn left? They're all turning right, which is the exact route I need to go. And I go up a little bit further on the on a on 22nd 86. I'm going a little bit further down. I get up to High V. I'm like, man, that light's about to turn green. I could turn left there. And as I'm about ready to turn, the light turns green. But this dickhead <laughs> in front of me is going like 10 miles an hour less than speed than we got about three car lengths between us and the next car. And I'm sitting there like, hey, dude, can we speed it up, please? So by the time I get up like halfway in the turn lane, it turns red. And there's no way in hell I'm going to zoom past that. Again, hyper aware at this point. Maybe things would have been different had I not been rear-ended this morning. But I doubt it. I do, don't like to risk things like that. I don't like getting tickets. I got a big one a few years ago. I think I've talked about it on here before. Not sure. Not going to go over that thing again. And I'm stuck there like, man, this guy. Why were we going so slow? And then I finally get home at 6.10. 6.15, 6.10. 
An hour after it was ready, I am getting back to my apartment. An hour and 10, 15 minutes after I ordered it. And I'm getting back to my apartment. I was in the car for an hour to get from that place back. Uh, it was, and I ate it in record setting time. I think I ate this stupid thing in about two minutes. Like, it was insane. I ate it so fast. I was watching a YouTube video. I didn't even get halfway through it. It was a 20 minute video. Like, it, th- this thing was insane. And by the grace of God, it was still warm. It wasn't, like, hot or anything, but it was still warm because that was my biggest fear. Like, I've been driving around. This food has got ordered over an hour ago, and I'm just now getting back to my apartment. This thing's not going to be warm at all, and it was. And there's the other, the potato dumpling things. They don't need to be warm, so that, that part was fine. But the, the main thing, the steak, that needs to be warm. I would like that to be warm a little bit, right? And it was, and then now <laughs> I'm sitting here. And my mom called me while I was trying to get back home. And I'm just not, I'm just, my, my, I have a pounding headache at this point. I haven't eaten anything pretty much all day since the donut. I mean, I had lunch, but that was at 11. It's now 6. I've been driving around for an hour. I got rear-ended in the morning. I'm just, I'm on, like, fumes right now. And my mom calls me, No, you want to come over and build a chair? <laughs> so I'm going to do that after this. Because now that I have food in my belly, and uh, uh, I'm in a happier mood now, but man, maybe this is just, like, not important at all, and it probably wasn't. It really isn't that important. It has nothing to do with what we're talking about today, but it's just, it was funny. It's a Friday, it's a, a Friday episode of Logan Blyman Show. We gotta rant a little bit. What's the point of having a podcast if you can't rant about your own problems? So hopefully we get that stupid fender fit, or bumper, whatever the hell you want to call it, fixed. Because I, it looks stupid. Like, when I brought up, I've been driving for 10 years. I got in an accident when I was 16, and the front bumper was dented like crazy because I ran in the back of a rape van while I was trying to go to a wrestling meet. Uh, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. It was my first time ever driving on snow. It was my first, uh, second ever varsity event for wrestling. First year of wrestling. I was going to wrestle Urbandale. The kid I was wrestling, I knew him. So I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. This is what we're going to do. This is going to be fun. He was probably going to beat me again first year wrestling. Not really my strong suit at that point. I was 150, 160 pounds, soaking wet, didn't cut down, didn't gain weight. I was just 160 pounds. He cut down. So I was getting, I was going to get my ass kicked. And then the snow hit, and they never canceled it until after I got hit. Cause my dad texted the coach, they canceled the meet. And then conveniently after that, I got moved off varsity because, again, I wasn't very good at wrestling. But I had this giant dent in the front of my car. It was a 2003 Jeep Litre, Jeep Cherokee. We called it the 4.0 Litre. And yeah, this thing was a, a freaking tank with a giant dent in it because I hit the exact corner of this van. And these vans are freaking tanks, man. So this van was relatively untouched by this point. I just had this massive dent. We clogged up traffic all the way down Meredith. Like it was a massive deal for whatever reason with nothing wrong with this car. And yeah, that it's been a long time since I've had a, a accident that I've had to have like get get information from the other person from. So I've been rear-ended before without while I was in the car. Like the other two times we brought up earlier, I wasn't in the car. I was in the freaking store. I come out. There's a giant <laughs> dents and it scratches in the back of my car with no notes or anything. But one time I got I was with my sister and we were getting Jersey Mike subs. 
And we were in the turning lane. Similar situation happened. Looked in my rear view mirror. Saw this car hit me in the back. Fun. Going to a parking lot. My car's fine. We're like, hey, we're good to go. Good to go. My car's perfectly fine. We're good to go. So, yeah, just a fun, fun time. Fun time today. But it's all worth it because we're here for the Logan Blackman Show, right? We're here for this Friday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. This is a fun day. It's Friday fun day. And you know what's fun? More than anything, more than anything, is going to sporting events. I know there's the old thing like, hey, the best seat in the house is in my recliner where I can adjust the volume and do all that stuff, and I don't need to deal with traffic and get rear-ended like that dumbass Logan did on his way to working out because he's better than me. I don't need to do that because I'm sitting in my chair. I understand that aspect of it. I understand that completely. But going to sporting events in person is completely different, especially when you're going to see something that's like potentially a -a once-in-a-lifetime situation where you're going to see something or someone that you never thought you would see before in your entire life, and you're just there at that moment. And sometimes you get priced out of it and you can't go to it, but that's fine. And that's what's happening right now here in the United States of America. Talk about a transition, man. That's what's happening. We got tickets for soccer are usually, in the MLS, you can usually find tickets fairly easily. These, these the Soccer is like, I mean, it's popular among young kids because of the fact that's one of the sports you initially start off on. It's all cardio. It's good to burn energy, stuff like that. So a lot of kids start off playing soccer, but then eventually kind of tail off it as they get older. Not moi. I played soccer my entire life, pretty much from first grade all the way to senior year of high school. Still play soccer every now and again here. I've been to a few Sporting Kansas City games, and they're fun to go to. They're really fun to go to, but there's not as big of a market for, or I guess there's a bigger market, I guess. I don't, I don't know how you want to word this. There's more tickets available for these soccer games, cheaper prices, than say, if you're, so if you're going to a Sporting Kansas City game, you can find a ticket probably for 30 bucks. You could probably find a ticket for 30 bucks. You go to a Kansas City Chiefs game, you're probably not going to find a ticket under $100. And that's for nosebleeds. And at Sporting Kansas City, at their stadium, Children's Mercy Park, there's not a bad seat there. It's not a massive stadium. Kansas City Chiefs, it's a massive stadium, but, you know, there's not any terrible-ass seats there. I've sat all the way at the top before. It's not a bad view at all. But Sporting Kansas City, the cheapest te- the nosebleeds are 30 bucks. Nosebleeds at Arrowhead are 100 to 120 Now, when you're trying to buy these tickets, a lot of these teams, a lot of these guys that go watch soccer either are diehard soccer fans or going with a friend or, like we brought up before, one of their favorite players from Europe is coming over to the United States. A player they never thought they were going to see before. David Beckham was there before. I remember I had a David Beckham LA Galaxy jersey. you got Steven Gerrard coming to the LA Galaxy. You've got Frank Lampard going to NYCFC. You've got Andrea Pirlo going to NYCFC. Thierry Henry going to New York Red Bulls. Uh, Didier Drogba going to Montreal FC. CF, whatever they call themselves now. And then now... One of the the biggest transfer in MLS history, barring maybe David Beckham, just what it meant at that time. Like David Beckham got a contract with the LA Galaxy while he was kind of like on the pre, like about ready to leave his prime. He just left Real Madrid, and he's coming to the LA Galaxy. Got an MLS team for twenty five mil. Got a huge deal. Helped build the brand of the MLS. As big as that deal was, and as big of a player as David Beckham was. If we're talking star power, David Beckham at that point was the biggest player to play for the MLS. I'm not saying he's the best because Thierry Henry 
probably is the best player to ever play in the MLS. If we're being honest, it's, it's those two, Thierry Henry and David Beckham, two completely different styles of players, but you'd probably give the edge to Thierry Henry. Loved watching him play for the New York Red Bulls, but now you're getting one of Thierry Henry's ex-teammates coming to the MLS, coming off a season where he just had 16 goals and 16 assists in the league this past year, who's coming off a World Cup victory in November, or December, I guess, November, December, and the greatest player of all time, and Lionel Messi, is coming to the MLS. This is something that <clears throat> I never 100% thought would happen. I thought this would be a Cristiano Ronaldo thing. I thought he'd be all over the MLS. I thought he'd be here, you know, I thought he'd go to like NYCFC or Inter-Miami or freaking LAFC or LA Galaxy or something like that. He went down to Saudi Arabia. And now Lionel Messi, who got offered a three-year billion-dollar contract, not million, billion-dollar contract to go play in Saudi Arabia, is now playing in the MLS with Inter-Miami. And I bring up the tickets thing earlier. All Inter-Miami tickets have sold out. And you know what we were talking about? Ticket price for NFL games with Kansas City Chiefs being around $100, $200, stuff like that. All Inter-Miami tickets are sold out. The resale per ticket is somewhere between $800 and $3,500. This isn't something that is like, oh, here's another retired player coming to the MLS. We're not getting that. Because for years, the MLS was considered a retirement league. The players we brought up before, like Lampard, Gerrard, Pirlo, like Drogba, these are players that are coming over in the latter stages of their career. Like, they're not coming here to be these mega stars of the MLS. They're coming out to have some fun in a bigger city experience a new culture, and then retire. That's what they all did. David Villa played for a long time with NYCFC. David Beckham played for a decent amount of time with the LA Galaxy. But that was not what they're known for. This is what their retirement league is. But whether you want to say it's uh, Lionel Messi's career is dwindling at this point in time, the fact that he is coming to the MLS, fresh off winning the World Cup, fresh off winning League One. Fresh off a 16-16 season. 20 assists and 20 goals in all competitions this season. Sure, he might be not at he might not be at his 91 goal best that he was back in the day. He may not be at a Ballon d'Or best at this but hell, he could win the Ballon d'Or still. We could have an MLS player win the Ballon d'Or. There's a chance that happens. I know there's a really strong chance Erling Holland wins it this year. If the, if Man City go on to win the treble because they're playing Inter Milan this weekend. If they go to win the treble, there'll be a good shot that he wins it, especially with all the goals he scored for Man City in the league this year. But Lionel Messi coming off a World Cup victory, there's a very good shot he wins it as well. And this could be the first ever player to win the Ballon d'Or while being in the MLS. Isn't that absolutely ridiculous to think about? Like, you think of this as a retirement league, none of those players we mentioned before were coming off peak seasons. And again, Messi's peak compared to others, this is what like Aaron Rodgers' old quote. Remember the old quote from Aaron Rodgers? My down years are some players' career years? That's Lionel Messi. That you can't compare Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo's numbers now to when to player like when they were back in the day because their numbers don't compare. They are more like their numbers now are comparing to those that are normal players, like really good players now. And we're seeing like the end is near for these guys. Is, this is the, the craziest thing that's ever happened to the MLS. David Beckham was massive. David Beckham was massive. 
But the greatest player of all time is playing in the Amer- United States of America. And I, you bet your bottom dollar, Logan Blackman sure as hell checked on who Inter-Miami was playing when Lionel Messi comes to the United States. I think he's supposed to come here in September. I think that's when he's supposed to f- play his first game here. Sporting Kansas City played down in Miami. I looked at game. They are playing the Chicago Fire in Chicago. Like, Lionel Messi is not bad at this point. Like, a lot of the players that came over, like Steven Gerrard's last season at Liverpool, they got blasted 6-1 in his last game there. He got a red card playing, like, 20 seconds against Manchester United in his last Manchester-Liverpool derby. Like, he was not at his peak at that point. There was no real, oh, he's going to dominate the league. Lionel Messi could tear this league apart. Lionel Messi, and I was talking to my dad about this earlier today. There's a chance, like, I'm interested to see how unselfish he plays. Because Lionel Messi, as we've seen in the past, he scored 91 goals in the calendar year. 91, 72 in a season. 91 calendar goal years. 91 goals in a calendar year. But then we just talked about 20 assists this past season. And he did something similar last season, too. Like, and he did something in his last few few years at Barcelona. Like, the dude could get 30 assists and 30 goals in just playing September to the end of the season. This is a move that pushes Inter-Miami from the depths of hell, which is where they currently are, to the upper echelon of the MLS. The amount of followers they've gained since Lionel Messi has been announced here has put them in the top seven most followed sport teams in the United States. Not just followed sports teams in the MLS. The entire United States. The entire sports scene in the United States. Soccer has a kid sport for most part of it. There's some diehard soccer fans. There's some people that have watched soccer their entire lives. Like myself. I've watched up, watched soccer, grown up with soccer, watched players. Like, I've watched Messi's 91 goal season. I have a Lionel Messi jersey. Like, I've watched Messi for years. My fair, I used to watch Cristiano Ronaldo and Wayne Rooney play for Manchester United. I watched Lionel Messi tear Manchester United a new asshole in the Champions League final. Twice. <laughs> Twice. Beating both by two goals. Like, this move is so massive for the MLS. You have sold out every single game for a team that is currently sitting... Where where are they in the tan- standings right now? They are not very good. That's all I know. They just... Phil Neville just got fired. One of David Beckham's best friends just got fired. Inter-Miami are currently dead last in the Eastern Conference. Dead last. They have 15 points right now. 15 points. They have won five games. They have lost 11. They have scored a measly 15 goals. 15. And their away form is 1-6. That's their away form. This is the worst team in the Eastern Conference and the third worst team in the league. You want to know who one one of the worst teams in the league is? David Beckham's team. The other team. The LA Galaxy. And this is what I'm talking about with David Beckham's move to the MLS being as important as it is. His move to the LA Galaxy not only grew the brand of the MLS, this gave him a team which now Lionel Messi plays for. So this signing by the LA Galaxy in turn has created a monster for the MLS. 
and all these tickets are sold out, and there's going to be people out there that we talked about before. They're going to see a favorite player. A lot of these people that buy tickets are going to just want to watch Lionel Messi because that was my problem with the Chicago Fire versus my Inter-Miami game. I could give a complete rat's ass about the Chicago Fire. I've never once cared about the Chicago Fire. I've watched a few games here and there in the past, but I could care a rat's ass about the Chicago Fire. I would be there just to watch Messi. And I don't care about Inter-Miami either. I would just be there for Messi. So the thing the MLS has to do, they have to be extremely smart with this because you are going to get a lot more eyes in the league. You have resale ticket prices for to watch Lionel Messi play with somewhere between $800, and $350, $3,500. The goal for the MLS now is re- to retain that. It's all fine and dandy getting it now, but it's going to look not your league's going to look bad when you look at oh look at the attendance numbers for this season and then look at them in the future when no one cares because the greatest player of all time is no longer playing there. And the MLS will always be able to pull in big name players like Antoine Griezmann. I'm sure will play in the MLS at some point. Angel Di Maria has been in talks with Inter Miami, so you get him and Lionel Messi back together. Just won a World Cup with Argentina. Played together with PSG. You get him back to Inter Miami. Sergio Busquets has also been linked there. I think it was Jordi Alba's also been linked with Inter Miami. Just getting a bunch of Barcelona players down there. And I'm pretty sure DeAndre Yedlin's the captain of Inter Miami. They need to change that now. Lionel Messi's the captain. I I love watching the United States men's national team. I have no real quorums with DeAndre Yedlin, but man, oh man, I could not watch a team that has Lionel Messi on it where DeAndre Yedlin is the captain of. I cannot watch that. I'm sorry. And I, my thing with like the Sporting Kansas City thing, I would have had a hard time deciding between Sporting Kansas City wearing a jer- Sporting KC jersey or my Lionel Messi jersey. I would probably wear my Sporting Kansas City scarf. I've been cheering for Sporting Kansas City, but I'd also be cheering for Messi. I'm at the three players that I watch that are my three favorite players of all time in soccer are Lionel Messi, Wayne Rooney, and Clint Dempsey. Those are my three favorite. Those three players meant the most to me in my soccer life more than anybody out there. I loved watching Cristiano Ronaldo when he's on Manchester United as well. I love watching Neymar. Mbappe is really fun to watch. Marcus Rashford's really fun to watch. Love Christian Pulisic for the United, for the United States, not so much with Chelsea. But this move's huge. This could have massive ramifications for the United for the United States soccer thing as a whole. You are going to get so much more eyes to the sport of soccer from people that never cared at once about soccer, but they know Lionel Messi. You could ask the most, God, soccer sucks. I hate soccer so much. I guarantee they know at least who Lionel Messi is. This is the biggest, best player in the world. The greatest player of all time. Fresh off a World Cup. Fresh off a league title. Playing for Inter-Miami. He wanted to go back to Barcelona. I have no qualms with him saying that. I have no problems with him saying that. He's always wanted to play for Barcelona. He's a Barcelona through. He's Barcelona through and through. Of course, you had the idea of the choice between Barcelona and Inter-Miami. No offense to Inter-Miami, but you would choose Barcelona every single time. Unless Barcelona is stupid, which is what they are. Like Barcelona, I loved watching Barcelona grow up. growing up. I loved watching them. But they are so frustrating with their how they handle players, their money situation. I am like, and they just won the league too. So it's like really frustrating to sit there and watch it. Like they released a statement about Messi today, the greatest player in their club's history, and they like 
Yeah, we were told he wants to play for a weaker league. Like, something along those lines. No. No. That's not how you treat your greatest player of all time. Whether that's true or not, which you're inclined to believe what you want, I don't think that's true. Given what I've seen Messi talk about, given what I've heard Messi say about Barcelona, I don't think that's true. And the money thing, I don't know how much... I saw... Wait, what was it? I just saw the... Oh, crap. What was it? His contract. Where is it at? Where is it at? Where did it go? I had a screenshot of his contract, but now I can't find it. Why can't I find his contract? Because they were... It, he gets, like, a certain percentage of MLS spot... Like, the... the subscriptions for MLS TV or for MLS All Action Pass. So I'm paying Messi because I've got a subscription to the Apple TV stuff. Luis Suarez is being linked with Inter Miami. Of course he is. Is this the contract right here? No, that's older. I want. Okay, here we go. MLS season pass subscription on Apple TV paid by Apple. Uh, portion of Inter Miami's shirt sales paid by Adidas because he's an Adidas guy. Possibility of him acquiring an MLS franchise at the end of his career. And I don't know what the exact money is for that. What other what other cash he's getting. But the shirt sales? Just, just think about that for a little bit. Think about the shirt sales for a little bit. Lionel Messi at PSG. Just last year. Messi sold more PSG shirts last year than total revenue for the top earning MLS team. Which is LAFC. In shirts alone, Lionel Messi was responsible for $130 million. LAFC, for revenue, earned $116 million. $14 million more dollars Messi gained from shirt sales alone. From one season, one year, is more than LAFC, the top-earning MLS team. Like, this is so much more than the best player in the world coming to the MLS. This is so much. Means so much. It's just crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Like, there were rumblings about this happening. I was on the impression that he was just going to go back to Barcelona. That was what I said. I'm pretty sure I talked to Brady about that when he was on a Monday. I'm pretty sure we talked about that here. About him going to the... to. Back to Barcelona. Xavi's the manager. He played with Xavi. Won a lot of things with Xavi. And now he's going to the MLS. I don't know how long he's going to be in the MLS. He might be here for three years. He might be here for one. All I know is I'm going to try my damnedest to get a ticket for a game. I'm going to try. I don't know how easy it'll be. Like, this is going to be one of those situations where, like, (laughs) I don't want to put the MLS down like this, but this is the best thing I can think of. Like when Michael Jordan was playing in double-A baseball. That's what this kind of reminds me of. Except, unlike Michael Jordan, he, who <laughs> Messi's the greatest soccer player of all time, and Michael Jordan was not the greatest baseball player of all time. But the fact that he was going down there meant so much. He's traveling with the, the team and all that stuff. Like, you're going to have to get, like, like Sporting Kansas City's going to have to play. They should move their games to Arrowhead when they play Inter-Miami. Chicago Fire already play in Soldier Field. Like, the, the teams that play in these NFL stadiums, like Atlanta United, like Seattle Sounders, like the New England Revolution, they should take the tarps off their upper section and just fill that thing out. 
You know how much money you could get from that? It is insane how much money you could get with this. It's insane. I didn't think this would ever happen. Like, I remember there was a time I went to Chicago with my grandparents a few years ago. It was during the Copa America when it was up here, the Copa America Centenario. And Argentina was playing, I want to say Panama. I want to say Panama. It was a red and blue. T- I can't remember who it was. They're playing in Chicago. I was like, I need to go to this game. I need Messi was cu- he was coming off the bench. He was battling an injury. He was coming off the bench. I needed to go to this game. I couldn't go. We couldn't get tickets in time. But we watched it in Chicago about, I don't know, five miles away from Soldier Field. And just watching on TV, watching Argentina beat the crap out of whoever they play. I don't again. I can't remember who was Panama. I think it was Panama. I'm pretty confident it was Panama. But like that was the closest I ever got to watching Lionel Messi play. And then you, I got to watch Lionel Messi and Argentina beat the United States for nothing <laughs> with Lionel Messi scoring a free kick in that game. Freaking awesome. And I've seen him. I've seen PSG play. I watched them play Manchester United in Chicago a few years ago as well. But Lionel Messi was obviously not there. That's crazy. I I just can't get over this. I can't get over that. The other like the other thing to get over is like there's no more Messi and Ronaldo rivalry. It's dead. It's it's done now. We have reached the crescendo of the Lionel Messi Cristiano Ronaldo rivalry. Ronaldo's playing Saudi Arabia. Says he's content in Saudi Arabia. Says he's going to stay there next year. Lionel Messi's going to the MLS. It's done. Kareem Benzema just went to Saudi Arabia. Three-year, $600-something-million-dollar contract. And Golo Kante, I think, is going to Saudi Arabia as well. Like, we are getting to the end of the, the the players we watched growing up, which is sad. It's really sad. So if you're looking at, like, the grand scheme of soccer now, the best player, we're looking at Mbappe Holland. Like, that's the, the next battle. So we have Messi Ronaldo, now we got Mbappe Holland. Again, like I said, Holland's probably going to win the Ballon d'Or this year. If not Messi, it's going to be one of those two again. It just depends on if Man City win the treble. If they don't, I would be fairly confident going to Messi. If they do, it's like 50-50. Because winning the World Cup, that weighs really heavily. You saw the run that freaking Luka Modric and Karosha did on the World Cup. That was very heavy in him getting that World Cup. I think they won the Champions League that year as well. But I don't think he would have won the Ballon d'Or if they didn't go far in the World Cup. I think that's important. I think Argentina winning the World Cup, Messi getting his first World Cup, cementing him as the GOAT, which we already had him cemented as the GOAT. And this is coming from someone that watched Cristiano Ronaldo a lot growing up when he was on Manchester United. We are looking at Mbappe and Holland. I I think Mbappe is the better player than Erling Holland, but Erling Holland is just a freaking machine. Like, he scores these insane amount of goals in the Premier League this year. It's just crazy. It, it's crazy. And it was kind of funny, like, looking at Man City play this year, up until the latter parts of the season, people were like, man, Holland's really good, but is he making Man City that much better? And now they're on their way to the treble, being the second English side to ever do that. Potentially. We don't know. Knock on what they don't. Let's go Inter Milan. But, oh, I forgot about this. There's a, a Redditor, someone on the Inter Miami Reddit, new fan here, who are you guys? Who are the players? Why are there two conferences in the MLS? What's our history? Why are we last in the league? <laughs> who do we hate? Is there an AC Miami, as we brought up Inter, Mi- Inter Milan, AC Milan? Why pink? <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's fun. It, again, a whole all new eyes to the MLS. All new eyes to the MLS that we never had before. It's only a good thing. 
That's only a good thing. Now, again, the retention's going to be big. Retention's going to be freaking massive. But one thing, again, so we talk about Messi coming to the MLS. Another thing that I've struggled to kind of get over recently, like, this is all, this has all been a couple days. Like, this has all been a very chaotic couple days. But the other thing that I look at and go, wow, that's actually happening, is Josh Allen on the cover of Madden 24. That actually, that was rumored for about a couple weeks, maybe a week. But there was talks about this possibility being a possibility, and it just came from Buffalo Fanatics. So it was like a Bills fan page, and then once they posted it, then all these other teams started posting, oh, here's rumored, you know, X amount, X player going on Madden 24 or whatever. But Josh Allen on the cover of Madden 24, the first Bills player to ever be on the cover of Madden. I know Madden's kind of a shit game. I, I like I like playing Madden, but it's shit. I mean, we all are under the influence of this. We all know this. It's not anywhere close to the game it used to be back in the day. But I'm buying the Deluxe Edition. Look at the freaking cover. Not only is it the first time a Bills player has been on the cover of Madden, it's the first time fans have been on the cover of Madden as well. They got Bills Mafia in the background. Like, this is the coolest thing ever. We got Lionel Messi coming to the MLS. We got Josh Allen being on the cover of Madden. Like, it's crazy. Like, you look at the Bills 10 years ago. You look at the Bills 10 years ago. So we got 2023 right now. We're sitting here in June of 2023. And 2013, report Bills EJ Manuel may not make the Bills 53-man roster. What to expect from Jeff Toole as the Bills' starting quarterback? Are the Buffalo Bills making the right call sitting Jeff Toole for Thad Lewis? Kevin Cobb reportedly injures knee slipping on Matt at Bills' training camp. That's 2013. 2014, or 20, 2023, we have Josh out on the cover of Madden. Like, I remember sitting there through all those things. Thad Lewis, I had Thad Lewis in fantasy that year. Not at the start. I don't want to act like, oh, man, this guy Thad Lewis from Duke, he's going to come in and start right away for the Bills. No, I never thought this. That, EJ Manuel got hurt against the Browns later in the year, and Thad Lewis came in and didn't play terribly. They didn't play ter- terribly. So I would say they made the right call playing Thad Lewis. It was one of those flash-in-the-pan flash type things. It was never anything like that was going to be substantial or like anything that was going to be sustainable, which is what I really meant. But it was fun. It was fun. You just you didn't watch a lot of really good quarterback plays. The Doug Marone era of the Buffalo Bills. It wasn't very fun to watch at all. And Kyle Orton came in. Uh, it wasn't fun. <laughs> Jeff Tool was often on the practice squad. They never really liked they they would try to rotate him, but they'd activate him randomly because they felt like someone was going to pick up Jeff Tool. Did Jeff Tool ever play for anybody else other than the Buffalo Bills? Did he ever play anywhere else? I I say play. Was he on a roster anywhere else? He was on Jacksonville, the Jacksonville Jaguars offseason roster in 2015. So he played three years. I say played. He was in the league for two years. Undrafted, never put up anything really great at Washington State. Started one game in Buffalo in 2013, his rookie year. Uh, three interceptions, <laughs> one touchdown. Bills finished 6-10. That was E.J. Manuel's rookie year. They were linked so heavily with Carl, Na- Carl Nassib, with Ryan Nassib, quarterback from Syracuse, because Doug Marone just came from Syracuse. Like They were linking Ryan Nassib in the first round for the Bills. Like That was the quarterback they were linked to. And then, like, Geno Smith was also there. And they shot everybody by drafting E.J. Manuel. 
But Jeff, Thad Lewis, man. Thad Lewis started five games that year. Four touchdowns, three interceptions, 1,000 yards. Also had a rushing touchdown. Just under 60% completion percentage. Started five games. Like, that season for Thad Lewis was freaking awesome. <laughs> EJ Manuel had 11 passing touchdowns, nine interceptions. Kevin Cobb uh, didn't do anything. <laughs> Never actually played, retired after that season. And, yeah. All right, like... Kevin Cobb, maybe he would have been something had he didn't get hurt that first game of the season against the Packers. Maybe that would have changed a lot of things because that's when Vic came in and then just took the starting job from him. But Kevin Cobb, good college quarterback, good college quarterback, but never did anything in the NFL. But looking at this Bills roster, man, this the 2013 Bills roster, it's so funny looking back at it. Like the quarterback situation is one thing, but then you look around the rest of the roster, it's like, man, this is a kind of a hodgepodge of just random-ass players. Like, Stephon Gilmore was on this 2013 Bills team. <laughs> Nikel Roby, the guy famous for the pass interference, non-pass interference call against the Saints in the NFC Championship game, was on this team. Leotis McKelvin, whose most famous thing he ever did in a Bills uniform was try to return a kick against the Patriots on Thursday Night Football, and he should have just knelt it. They would have won the game. Tom Brady found Ben Watson for a touchdown to win the game. Freaking terrible. Jerry's Bird was freaking awesome. One of the better players on this bad Bills team. Uh, Jerry Hughes, still kicking it. Still kicking it. And he was he was a longtime Bill. Loved Jerry Hughes. But at that point, that version of Jerry Hughes was a walking personal foul penalty. Kyle Williams was there. Mario Williams. Mario Williams used to put red uh, contacts in with his black visor. Like, dude was awesome. I remember when they made that trade, was like, oh, the Bills are serious now. And Mario Williams was awesome in Buffalo. I don't want to take anything away from Mario Williams in Buffalo. He was really fun to watch in Buffalo. My dad's got a freaking uh, pencil-drawn picture of Mario Williams. Kiko Alonso was there. Kiko Alonso was on this team. Then you keep going. Stevie Johnson, Marquise Goodwin, Robert Woods, Chris Hogan, who's on the, the Patriots, TJ Graham, who the Bills drafted, what, a pick before Russell Wilson? I think that was what it was. Yeah, oh no, a few picks. Cause they, so the story behind that one is, apparently, apparently, they <laughs> they, dra- they, were dra- they were trying to decide between TJ Graham and Russell Wilson, apparently, and they went off and signed to TJ Graham. And this is the same, this is, they drafted him in 2012. They drafted EJ Manuel in 2013. So this isn't like, oh, they already drafted EJ Manuel. No, they didn't have a quarterback at this point. The Bills draft in 2012 was equally frustrating in the long run, because Stephon Gilmore was not the Stephon Gilmore you see now with Buffalo. He was super inconsistent when he was in Buffalo. Still a good player, but not defensive player of the year worthy at all. Nowhere near that level. But they were looking at TJ Graham and Russell Wilson, and they were like, oh, Russell Wilson will be available in the fourth round. Russell Wilson went about five picks later. And who knows what Russell Wilson would have done in Buffalo, but... Same thing goes for Dak Prescott. They did the same thing with him. They they were trying to get Dak Prescott. Cowboys jumped them. They took Cardell Jones instead. Like, what would have happened if they got Russell Wilson or Dak Prescott? Well, I can tell you one thing. I don't think Josh Allen would be here. So, thank you, I guess. <laughs> but that's why you, you draft players when you want them. Not when you uh, – he could be available. Don't do that. Don't do that. And then the running back room – you got freaking C.J. Spiller and Fred Jackson. So C.J. Spiller had uh, one good year in Buffalo, really. Like, one really good year. And the rest of it was kind of like, 
man, you're just not doing it. Not really doing it for me right now. They had that 1,200-yard season. And what's funny about uh, this season, the season after the 1,200-yard season, was that there were a lot of people hyping up uh, the boy, C.J. Spiller. Like he was, he was getting uh he was getting hyped. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. I might be wrong. I might, I, I might have the wrong season. I might have the wrong season. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Where is he? Oh, yeah. Okay. So it wasn't the the season that he ran for twelve hundred yards. His best season to date. I was in a fantasy football league, and this kid drafted C.J. Spiller the first overall pick. And to be fair, C.J. Spiller twelve hundred yards. That's that's a good running number, but that was the same year Adrian Pierce won the MVP, who was the runaway clear favorite for the number one draft pick in fantasy football that year. But yeah, he drafted C.J. Spiller, and it obviously went to Adrian Peterson that day, that year. They had Dennis Dixon on the practice squad too. Dennis Dixon, remember him from Oregon? Again, just a small, a hodgepodge of random ass players on this team. Freaking crazy. If you would have told anybody back then when they drafted EJ Manuel with Doug Marone as a head coach that that Josh Allen would be the the face of Madden, like Josh Allen was already a superstar. If you're on the you're on the cover of Madden, you you're a superstar. Like the one year that was different was when Peyton Hills was on it, because <laughs> that was the Madden cover vote. It was between Peyton Hillis and Michael Vick. So you had Michael Vick on it in 0, Madden 04. One of the greatest Maddens of all time. And then Peyton Hills was on it. It was Madden 12. Was that Madden 13? Hold on. What year was Peyton Hills? I think it was Madden. It was 12 or 13. It was Madden 12. Good Lord, Peyton Hillis. That's another one like CJ Spiller. (laughs) Now, granted, he was not as hyped as CJ Spiller. He was a fullback at Arkansas. Seventh round draft pick. On the Broncos, didn't do anything in Denver. And then his first year in Cleveland, 1,100 yards, 11 touchdowns. Next year, 587 yards, and then done. <laughs> and then done. Oh, but man, Josh Allen on Madden. That, 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 um, they need to upgrade the, 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 what do you call it, the cover? Because for whatever reason, there is an extra bar on Josh Allen's face mask. So they definitely need to adjust that. They need to get that one off. I've seen some things on here. I don't know if they've actually officially taken it off yet or not, but it don't look great. It don't look great. Let's just put it like that. But it was kind of funny looking at all the the <laughs> previews or like the commercial for Madden because every single freaking year, Madden's like, oh, we've upgraded. We've changed so many things. It's, uh, it's a new game this year. It's a whole new game. When it never is, it's usually just the same thing over again with just slightly upgraded bra- graphics. But watching this like teaser trailer was so funny because they talk about what they've updated and I kind of forgot about this too. So I fair play to them for forgetting about this as well. It shows that they're human. They forgot to update the Cardinals uniforms. The Cardinals remember got new uniforms earlier this offseason <laughs> in the Madden commercial. Uh, James Connors getting tackled and he's still got those ugly ass Cardinals uniforms that they had on the past. However many freaking years like fair play. Again, I forgot they got new uniforms. If someone didn't say it, I would have completely forgot about them because they're that forgettable. There's nothing going on there. But I, it's so funny that they just, yeah, it's a new game, new updates, do all this. And then just completely forgot to update a key word there, update a team's uniforms. And this got me, see, I saw this on Instagram too, with, you know, uniforms and stuff. It was a fun, like you're we getting some retro uniforms back this year. Like, and I'm really excited for it. I'm really excited for it. 
Like, which throwback? I saw this on Instagram from NFL Network. It said, whose throwback jersey should be come back permanently? And I think there are two standout candidates here. I think there's two standout candidates here. First off, I hate they threw the Cowboys one in here because the Cowboys have never really had a throwback. They've looked generally the same apart from their random jersey in the 90s when they won the Super Bowl. Or no, when they... No, they didn't wear them. This when they lost in the NFC Championship game to the 49ers when the Niners went on to win the Super Bowl against uh, the Chargers. That Super Bowl. Those aren't really... I don't really count those ones. They've generally had the same uniforms throughout their history. But the two standout candidates are the Eagles with the Kelly Green uniforms. Beautiful uniforms. And the ones I've said for freaking ever, and I hate that I like these, but the New England Patriots, the red ones, those just need to stay. The Patriots uniforms stink. They, I'm glad they went with the, what do you call those? The, what were those original jerseys called? Color Rush. They went with the Color Rush jerseys as their home and away jerseys, but they're still not great. They're still not great. Go back to the red. Go back to the red. You may have gotten blown out in the Super Bowl against the 85 Bears that year, but hey, you beat the only team that beat the Bears in the regular season to get to the Super Bowl. So you have that to hold on to, I guess. And some of the worst years in the Patriots history are with those uniforms, but they look good. They look freaking good. Same goes for the Eagles. Like not not for the same level of like them being terrible. Like the Patriots were bad when they had those uniforms, like in the early 80s, but in the 70s. But those Kelly Green Eagles uniforms with Randall Cunningham, with Reggie White, like those are some beautiful uniforms. Like I know there's some obvious, like other people would go like, oh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers creamsicle ones. No, those are fine as alternates. Those are, I do not need to look at those every single week. I don't need to see those. Alternates once a year, fine. Seahawks uniforms, I think they need an upgrade. I don't like the Seahawks uniforms that much, especially when they go with the green ones. So the ones that they had with like the Kurt, uh, was it Kurt Warner? Was he in that era of Seahawks uniforms? The Warren Moon era of Seahawks uniforms, I guess. Brian Bosworth. Like, go to those uniforms, I guess. I'm not saying those are 100% neat. I just love the Eagles and the Patriots. I don't love the those old Seahawks jerseys. I like them, but I love the Kelly Green uniforms. I love the Red Patriots uniforms. And is there any, like, other one? Like, I really like the Minnesota Vikings uniforms with Randy Moss. Like, those ones. Really like those jerseys. And they went to those ugly-ass ones they had when Adrian Peterson won the MVP. Like, the, those were bad. I like the Vikings uniforms now. There's some teams that don't need to change their uniforms that often, but I love those old ones. And I'm glad some teams went back with the more retro look, like the Browns, like the Bucks, going back to their the uniforms where they won the Super Bowl in. Both Super Bowls in, I guess. Then you've got, who else went back to their normal uniforms? I was I just had another team on there, too. Who the hell was it? Bengals, they went back to a little bit more neutral look, got rid of the stupid white stripe on the side of their uniforms. The Bills, I, my dad is on the big put the red helmets back on. They, I would be fine with the red helmets back, but I like the white helmets a lot. And I was just think I'm just, I went to ESPN, I went to the NFL section, it's got all the teams loaded up. A team that I forgot about that I don't, so there's three teams that should go back to their alternate uniforms. We got the Eagles, we got the Patriots, and then we got the Patriots division rival Dolphins. Those three teams need to go back to their alternate uniform, their retro uniforms. Those three teams, out of the rest of the teams in the NFL, those are the three that need to do it. Because those are three of the best uniforms in NFL history. And for whatever reason, they went away from them. I'm not saying they're horrific. None of those uniforms are like, 
awful or like they're insulting to look at or anything. But they need to do something with them. The Broncos need to do something with theirs, but I'm not saying go back to like the Orange Crush uniforms either. I'm not saying that. But they need to update them a little bit. I saw something with the the Houston Texans possibly updating their uniforms. At least that's what I took away from it. They have something coming out on like June 13th. I think that's when it was. The Titans need to update their uniforms. Like I hate the Titans uniforms. I just hate the Titans. I said that with Brady. I hate the Titans. I hate the Titans. But the Dolphins, Patriots, and Eagles permanently go back to your retros. You had a good thing going, go back to them. Absolutely go back to them. But there's some teams in the NFL like that I just love their uniforms just in general. Like the 49ers, love them. When Jared was on, we talked about our favorite uniforms. I said Niners, and he, was, he looked at me kind of crazy. But Niners uniforms, classic. Raiders uniforms, I hate the team, but classic uniforms. Steelers, again, classic uniforms. And speaking of the Steelers' classic uniforms, the Big Ten, because, you know, Iowa, my team, famously stole the Pittsburgh Steelers uniforms because Hayden Fry said you want to look like winners. You got to play like winners. You want to play like winners, you got to look like winners. That's why I always think it's funny when Iowa fans rip on uh, Iowa State fans for going like, oh, you took the black uniforms, you stole Iowa's look. Well, you stuck the Steelers uniforms. You blatantly took the Steelers uniforms. Like, stop criticizing them. It's like the pot calling the kettle black like type thing. Like, stop. Let's stop doing that. It's the same thing that goes from, it's called soccer from the stupid, like, those people on Fox Sports. They're like, it's called soccer. Man, half your teams are FC. Half your teams. We've done this experiment in the past. FC. I think it's Inter-Miami CF, isn't it? Which stands for club football. It doesn't stand for club soccer. LAFC. NYCFC. Like, those aren't SC. They're FC. But we got we're on this big thing of it's it's called soccer. It's called soccer. Stop. When your league is half football club or club football, whatever, you can't go on a huge debate about it's called soccer. Okay? It's two those two things piss me off more than anything. I love the MLS, I love the Iowa Hawkeyes, but man, those two things are very annoying and insanely contradictory. Because I think there's gonna be a time where the MLS has more FC teams than SC teams. It's just going to, it's how it's going to be. And inadvertently bringing up SC, the Big Ten, I was going to do this anyways, talking about Iowa, but then talking about SC, USC, the Big Ten released their 2024 conference opponents for each team. 2024 24 and 2025, home and away, which is when USC and UCLA join the Big Ten. It is going to be super weird, but after looking at this, I'm really excited. I'm even more excited now. Because it's like you're getting a whole new brand of football in now. Like, USC and UCLA are two completely, they play two completely different styles of football to any team in the Big Ten. To any team in the Big Ten. Like, I've seen a lot of things when UCLA comes to Iowa this year. So that's the game, that's one of the games this year. I hope and pray they're playing in November at Kinnick. Night game at Kinnick in November. That's what I'm hoping for. When Iowa lines up with three tight end sets, I don't know how UCLA is going to handle it. But you look at Iowa's schedule for 2024, and it's not like dates and everything and times, but you got the opponents. So Iowa's home conference schedule is Maryland, Nebraska, UCLA, and Wisconsin. So you've got two rivalry games in there, plus UCLA and Maryland. But the home, the away schedule, Illinois, Minnesota, Ohio State, Rutgers, and USC. That's the away schedule. So Iowa's going to have to take their happy asses 
to New Jersey and then go all the way to Southern Cal or vice versa, which when we were doing the talking about the first initial things of conference realignment, that was, that's the biggest gulf between teams from USC to Rutgers. And I was making that trip this year. That's going to be fun. When can we kick Rutgers and Maryland out? I'm tired. I'm really tired of seeing them. They really don't add anything at this point. They don't add anything. If you want to go by the history standpoint, then sure, Rutgers is important to the history of college football, but they can go be the history of college football somewhere else. I don't care. They can be independent like BYU, who apparently is like, no, I shouldn't say that. Anymore. Why did I choose them first? Because they're going to the Big 12. They should be independent like Notre Dame. Be like them, who they can, Notre Dame can join the Big Ten. That's what we want. But UCLA and USC, that, it's going to be fun. And then you look at USC and UCLA's home and away schedule. For UCLA, their home schedule is Minnesota, Nebraska, Northwestern, Ohio State, and USC. So we got Ohio State going to the Rose Bowl against UCLA. We've got Northwestern playing in the Rose Bowl. Like it's that that's the thing I'm gonna have to get over here. It's not the fact that they're playing UCLA. It's the fact they're playing in the Rose Bowl. A team that I never thought I would see in the Rose Bowl ever, a team that never deserves to be in the Rose Bowl, like Northwestern or Minnesota, are gonna play in the Rose Bowl. And their away schedule is Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, and Rutgers. If Iowa's in November, you know, no, let's move Iowa to to October. UCLA, Michigan in November, the week before Ohio State, Michigan. That's what I'm wanting. That is oh, the big house. Because another thing that you're going to have to get used to for the Pac 12, there's no games where you're selling 25% of your stadium. There's no games like that. You're going to Michigan where they have 110 plus thousand, you're getting 110 plus thousand. You go to Ohio State, you're getting. 100 plus thousand. You go to Penn State, you're getting 100 plus thousand. You're going to Nebraska, you're getting 90 plus thousand. You're going to Wisconsin, you're getting 80 plus thousand. To Iowa, you're going 70 to 80 plus thousand. Like, you're not getting that in the Pac 12. The biggest stadium in the Pac 12 is USC's, and until they're good, no one there gives a rat's ass. You see their non conference schedules. Like, you saw the game last year with UCLA. I don't remember who they played. It was early on in the season. There was nobody there. For a game against freaking, I don't know, Ohio. That's like that's who we're gonna use for this Iowa example. There that stadium's packed. I've been to a non non emotional non conference game. I went to watch Iowa versus Western Michigan and Iowa routed them by like fifty nine points. I was there and that place was sold out. You're not getting that in the Pac twelve. You're not. It's gonna be a whole new different ball game for them. Now, UCLA going to Rutgers or Indiana, that one's going to be weird. But for USC, their home schedule is Illinois, who they've played in a bowl game before. They played him in the Rose Bowl with Juice Williams there and Aurelius Ben. Like, they played them before. I think Rashad Mendenhall was there too. So that's not out of the ordinary. I've seen that I've seen that game happen. Then Iowa at home, which is going to be awesome to see. Going to be Orange Bowl rematch. They got Michigan at home, which that's going to be an awesome game too. And then Wisconsin. All fun games. Away schedule, which they got gifted an easy-ass away schedule. Now, that game against Penn State, that's their only tough away game, really, like where you're going to have to travel and do some mess. Like They're going to play UCLA, but that's right down the street. That's not like you're going to Ohio State or a big – like you're going to Penn State. That's their only rough away game. The other away games are Maryland, Northwestern, and Purdue. 
and then obviously UCLA. But Penn State, that's going to be an end-of-the-season game. That's not going to be the end-of-the-season game because that'll be UCLA, but that'll be a near-end-of-the-season game. Whiteout, Penn State, USC at night. Welcome to it, brothers. That's all I'm going to say about that. That's all I'm going to say. UCLA and USC, they've got some tough away games. UCLA's got Iowa and Michigan. You can say whatever you want about Iowa, about them not being on that same level as Michigan and Penn State. That crowd is different, though. You can make fun of the team all you want, but that crowd is insane. Hostile environment. USC, Penn State, that whiteout, they ain't going to have, they've never had anything like that in the Pac 12. Because I've seen all these things like USC is undefeated against Big Ten schools in bowl games. They're not playing them at, at these big game, big stadiums in November. They're playing them down in Arizona. They're playing them down in Orlando. Like They're playing them down in these hot, warm climate games. I've never seen UCLA or USC go to Ohio State or go to Penn State in November. And they might not even do that this year. Maybe they're going to Maryland in November, which would suck and be a dire waste of resources there. But, man... It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. And then you look at the next year. So you got 2025. Iowa's home games that year are Michigan, Michigan State, Minnesota, Northwestern, Penn State. And then our away games are Indiana, Nebraska, Purdue, Wisconsin. So that's uh, just a normal Big Ten schedule. <laughs> that's, nothing any, that's not crazy at all. And I think that'd be a fun year. Michigan, Penn State at home, Michigan State at home. Those are fun schedule. That's a fun home schedule right there. But you don't get UCLA or USC. And then for UCLA, they get Maryland, Purdue, Rutgers, and Wisconsin at home. Their away schedule is Illinois, Michigan State, Nebraska, Penn State, and USC. And then USC, their home schedule is Indiana, Michigan State, Nebraska, Penn State, and UCLA. And then their away schedule is Minnesota, Ohio State, Rutgers, and Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Man. I am really excited to see that. I'm really excited to see how that all takes out takes place. It's going to be fun. It's going to be chaos. It's going to be absolute chaos, but it is going to be fun chaos. Much like Messi going to the MLS. It's going to be chaos, but it's going to be fun chaos. I'm very excited. Very excited. But, man, I think that's all I've got for you really today. I think that's all I've really got. I don't really think I have anything more to talk about. To- oh, no, they still haven't updated the – they didn't still haven't updated the Madden picture. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I've got. Is there something that I'm completely forgetting about that? Oh, Bryce Young has uh, been elevated to QB1 for the Panthers, but he hasn't been guaranteed to start week one yet, so we'll see how we'll keep in track on that. Haven't seen anything about Anthony Richardson and C.J. Straub. I've seen C.J. I mean, I expect the three quarterbacks that were drafted the first round all start week one. That's kind of where I'm at right now. I wouldn't be shocked if Minshew started over Richardson right away, but Richard would probably start like week three. Like, that's changed throughout time. Like, as we've gone closer to the season – my thoughts about that have changed drastically. Like, this dude is so talented. I just let him learn. Josh Allen had to play week two because Nathan Peterman sucked so bad week one. Like, it happens. I'm not, again, I had to, I have to keep clarifying this. I'm not saying Anthony Richardson will be Josh Allen, but dude's talented. But that's all I've got for you today. I do hope you enjoyed the show. I do hope your Friday was better than my Thursday. And, yeah, make sure you follow Logan Blavitt Show on every single form of social media. We'll have a fun show ready for you on Monday. And I will see you all later. Make sure to like, follow, share, subscribe, whatever, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I will see you all later. Have a good weekend. Peace.